This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. July is down three cents at 519 per bushel. Kansas City July wheat is down one and a half cents at 477. And Minneapolis spring wheat is up two and a half cents at 513 per bushel. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, May 8th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Marlo Glass. Spring is here, and the drive is on for savings. Get up and running today during New Holland's Spring Drive sales event from Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John. Find great deals and special savings featuring 0% financing and cashback offers on New Holland tractors, from compacts to high-horsepower models and everything in between. Save on select New Holland hay tools, too. Call Butler Farm Equipment at 250-785-1800 today, because just like spring, Spring Drive savings won't last long the opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station if you've missed any of this show you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca now an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community this is moose talks with your host dub craig on moose fm good morning welcome to another episode of moose talks a little later on, we're going to be talking with Chris Gardner. He is the president of the Ind- Independent Contractors and Businesses Association. We're going to be talking a bit about the construction industry in BC, how things have been going, how they're looking looking ahead, and uh, how it's going to be affected by the announcement that the provincial government made earlier this week about restarting the economy. Now, speaking of that announcement, we thought we'd uh, talk to our local MLA, Dan Davies, today. And he joins me now. How's it going today, Dan? Hey, good morning. How are things today with you? Very well, thank you. And thank you for taking some time out uh, to talk to us again today. Uh, So, obviously, the government announced on Wednesday their plan to carefully restart BC's economy. Uh, There's a number of stages to this restart, which generally gradually loosens physical distancing controls over the next few weeks and months, uh, eventually until a vaccine is developed, really. Can you give us kind of a quick-ish rundown of what these stages look like? Yeah, um, well, you know, first of all, I, I you know, want to say that uh, well done to everybody in BC. We've done uh, uh, incredible job if you look at jurisdictions around the world. Uh, British Columbia is leading the way in regards to flattening or actually turning that curve downward. Um, the numbers that the provincial government released uh, when they did their uh, BC Open Plan. Uh, it was it was quite uh, uh, quite joyous, I guess, if we're looking for any kind of happy news right now. Just looking at where BC is uh, in in regards to the rest of the world. So well done to everybody. Um, I I know you know as we're starting to get nicer weather up here in the north, uh, people want to get out and and uh, do stuff. But uh, we're not quite there yet. But there is you know uh, a, a plan and and I say uh, a, a loose plan. <clears throat> when uh, we listened to the premier make his announcement of the uh, uh, of his plan, you know, it was kind of fluffy a little bit. Uh, there wasn't really much of, uh, you know, it was kind of at that 30,000 foot level. And uh, uh, in our opinion, it, it left a lot more questions than it did actually uh, provide answers. So we have a lot of work ahead of us to, uh, to work our way through this. I do encourage uh, 
you know, people to uh, to go onto the government uh, BC web uh, website, government.bc.bca, um, you know, and uh, look at the uh, BC Open Plan. Uh, there's lots of information in there. Um, as you mentioned, there there is a set of phases. Uh, currently, we're in phase one right now, which is uh, essential operating services, um, and and it's expected to to kind of wrap up and move into phase two. Uh, phase two will be opening mid-May, so you know around around the fifteenth, uh, let's say. And there's a, a, a number of big things that'll be happening. We heard a big announcement yesterday on restoring the uh, elective surgeries, uh, all your medical-related services, dentists, physiotherapies, uh, massage therapies. All of those services will be able to resume. Uh, the retail sector uh, again, BC. Uh, overall, it was quite impressed. BC didn't really shut down a lot of sectors. Um, a lot of them voluntarily did, uh, but you know we we didn't do do much of a close down. So, uh, but it's basically uh, opened up now, including hair salons. You know, which I'm definitely ready for my haircut now after you know the last couple months. <laughs> uh, restaurants and and such. So it, it's it's really phase two is is moving toward pretty much opening everything up, but it's not business as usual. Yet uh, there's there will be parameters around uh, maintaining physical distance uh, uh, with others, uh, you know the uh, a cleaning uh, disinfecting regime, uh, PPE of course uh, that that'll be required. Uh, all of those are <clears throat> going to be kind of done in consort with the uh, WorkSafe. Uh, it was quite funny at the premier's announcement. Uh, you know he. Uh, during the questions, uh, yeah, just reach out and contact your your local MLA offices. They have all the information. We've yet to receive all this information, so that was kind of a shot off the hip kind of a comment. So, uh, but uh, you know, uh, WorkSafe BC is is the go to. People can call the one eight eight COVID nineteen number if they have questions about the BC Open Plan. Uh, that's not laid out on the website. So phase uh, phase three is the next one. They expect that to go from June to September in that area. That's when we're kind of looking at, uh, you know, hotels and resorts to open. Uh, parks will be opening a little more broadly. Now, parks are opening mid-May as well, but they're only going to be opening up to day use only. <clears throat> Which, uh, you know, we've been pushing back on, uh, myself uh, included, uh, on, you know, we we live up here. You know, you've got uh, parks and, and uh, areas such as the Musquakachika. If you let everybody in northern BC, we're still not fully sure why uh, some of these areas are closed down. It was not the recommendation of uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry to shut the parks down that was uh, made uh, purely by the Ministry of Environment. So we're trying to push the uh, minister to open the parks up. People want to get outside, and and I believe people will. Uh, we've already demonstrated that we're, you know, that uh, we get it. Uh, we're doing pretty good at uh, physical distancing and following the rules. I, I think we need to be really looking at getting these parks open as soon as possible so people can go out and uh, enjoy weekends with their families. Uh, so anyways, uh, June to September, uh, entertainment, uh, post-secondary schools, possibly mixed, uh, will be opening up. Uh, they, they hope to have them fully open uh, in September if we keep going with our numbers, uh, including the uh, public, uh, the public K to 12 system as well. Uh, phase four, um, basically, uh, it, it uh, phase four is when we're back to normal or whatever that new normal goes like. Because Dub, it's not going to be normal business. I don't think ever. I don't. I think that normal from three months ago is is not the normal going forward. Mm-hmm. But uh, phase four will not happen until a vaccine um, is is uh, developed for this. Uh, 
uh, virus. So that's kind of the, the really loosey-goosey thing. Uh, but like I say, there's so many questions out there. Uh, there's, unfortunately, I, we, we recognize that it's a big deal. A lot has happened. Uh, but uh, we need to be start talking, what does this cost uh, costing British Columbians right now? Uh, what are the impacts? How are we going to dig our way out of this? Uh, this economic downturn, the, the premier, and I think we spoke maybe last time briefly on uh, on the show, the premiers developed the premier's uh, economic recovery committee, uh, which we're a little disappointed with. It, it you know, it, it, it's got a couple of Vancouver organizations, the Board of Trade of Vancouver, Surrey's Board of Trade. It's got uh, uh, the Federation of Labor. It's got uh, uh, First Nations and nonprofit sector. Um, where's rural BC? Where's northern BC? Uh, where's our where's our specialists that come from these these uh, sectors? There's no oil and gas representation, no forestry. There's nobody from the agriculture sector. There's nobody from mining. There's nobody from construction uh, uh, construction groups. So these are huge things that should be sitting at that table, uh, developing a plan. People that have expertise much higher than mine to develop a plan to dig BC out of uh, this unprecedented. Uh, uh, economic downturn that we faced, and I'm sure you've seen the unemployment numbers today as well. I mean, they're not uh, not very good. All right, well, uh, a lot to kind of chew on there. I want to go back to something you said, uh, and you mentioned it today. You called the plan fluffy, uh, and a few weeks ago on the show, you did commend the government for how they've done, which you did again today uh, so far, but that you wanted to see a good plan going forward. As you kind of outlined, the plan is this is going to open then, we're hoping to open this then, that sort of thing. But you also mentioned money. Is that kind of the crux of why you think it's fluffy? They should have said it's going to cost us this to do that. Is that kind of what you're – is that what you would have liked to have seen more well, from the Liberals? You know, yes and no. I mean, you know, looking at the pandemic, I, I will say government has done well handling the health crisis. Okay, uh, we've seen that in our numbers. Uh, uh, you know, even like I say, I mean, I've I've commented uh, positively on a regular basis uh, with uh, with the ministry in, in handling the, the pandemic well. Uh, but we need to start having the conversation now about the economy. Mm-hmm. And uh, these these are big. You know, when when uh, you know the, the the premier needs to be you know talking to British Columbians um, about. How can we support small businesses, the backs, you know, the, the back of, of the economy? Uh, how do we, you know, there's, there's no real talk of, you know, uh, uh, an influx of, of uh, investment in, in the resource sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a great time right now. When, uh, British Columbia and, and, and Canada need to be investing heavily into infrastructure projects. There was no mention of any of that. And one of the things that I'll be pushing, you know, right now, and there's been a lot of talk uh, in the last couple of years, you know, we've kind of moved on the Taylor Bridge. Uh, what a great project that we can get uh, get ready. We have we have mines that are shovel ready uh, in the province. You know, uh, demand for our resources, uh, natural gas, uh, um, is, is going to increase. Where's the talk about uh, investment in that sector? None of that was there. And, and these are the issues that um, I, I think that uh, British Columbians want to start hearing is how are you investing in my future now? As, as we move out of this, you know, where is my uh, uh, feeling of, of comfort that I'm going to have a job or my business is going to be able to come back? Uh, those are the things that we need to start having that, uh, that hard conversation about. All right. Well, uh, since you brought it up, uh, 
you kind of mentioned infrastructure spending and investment by the government or encouraging investment, as it were, to kind of help getting things moving again. Is there some specific things maybe you and the Liberals would like to see uh, that maybe you, you'll be petitioning the government to look at to say, hey, uh, you need to be investing in these things and keeping them moving. What sort of things are you looking at and, and speaking about? Yeah, abso- absolutely. Um, you know, I, I did mention the one, the uh, the Taylor Bridge yep. is uh, is long overdue. Um, you know, it. Uh, I remember, I remember not so long ago, it had monthly closures for maintenance. It's now, you know, weekly openings. Uh, you know, is what it seems like. <laughs> so it, uh, you know, we we've, we've gone down a path where that Taylor Bridge must be moved into a priority to get uh, to get commerce moving. The amount of uh, uh, industry traffic that rely on that bridge. Uh, is critical for our economy up here. So it's going to be one of the projects that uh, we're going to be really pushing. Uh, there's opportunities to to widen the highway, the Alaska Highway, from, from uh, you know, Dawson Creek all the way up to Pink Mountain, uh, whether we're talking twinning it from here to Dawson and then the addition of more, more passing lanes. Uh, that highway needs to be made safe. I travel it all the time. I'm up in Fort Nelson often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's lots of improvements that need to be made on that highway. A uh, number of our resource roads... Um, you know, previously, uh, a lot of work done by the former, former MLA, Richard Neufeld, uh, got a lot of those resource roads paved, uh, you know, 20-some-odd years ago. Um, they're due for, you know, some, some fixing up. And, uh, again, that's directly investing into the resource sector up here. Uh, province-wide, my God, Dub, uh, I don't have enough paper to write down the list. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 would be a, it would be a long list. But the, these are things that we need to start looking at and, and how do we invest money to get people working. And I'm sure Chris uh, with the ICBA will have more to say about that uh, when, you, when you follow up talking to him. But like I say, lots of work to be done. Um, you know, we're going to be pressuring government and I encourage others to, to write, uh, write the Premier. Uh, we, we need to make sure that uh, we have representation sitting on this Economic Recovery uh, uh, Committee that the, that the uh, Premier has done. We need to start dropping the, that unemployment rate back down and getting it going again. Speaking of that, uh, you mentioned the uh, the uh, recovery kind of uh, council. I apologize. The name, I'm blanking on the name right now. But I wanted to know, uh, given that uh, you guys haven't been sitting in the legislature, it, how involved has the opposition kind of been in uh, kind of in this plan rolling out? Were, were you uh, asked for input at all by the government? Was this something they, they wanted to hear from you, even if it's kind of unofficially? Because, again, uh, the legislature, as I understand it, isn't sitting right now. Yeah, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, they, they haven't come forward necessarily. Uh, of course, they're going to want to own that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I don't expect uh, uh, too much. Uh, throughout this pandemic, I, I know the, you know, there's been probably, you know, almost unprecedented equally on, on uh, government uh, opposition relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity you know, uh, to reach out to my my own critic, uh, uh, Minister uh, uh, Ministry of Education, uh, not as much as I'd hoped, because uh, education is a huge uh, a huge piece of this puzzle, and so many questions around uh, you know what what are the six thousand six hundred thousand students in, in BC going to be doing over the next little while? What does that look like? Uh, but I, I know our health critic Norm Letnick uh, has been in almost daily communication with the uh, health minister, so uh, there there has been good relationships. Um, going forward, like I say, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, my role as an opposition critic is to look at uh, the government, to look at 
to look at decisions critically to make sure that uh, a things are are best representing what's happening up here in the peace uh, country which I represent, but also overall what uh, you know in within our uh, combined expertise on our caucus, uh, what is best for the province of British Columbia moving forward, and does the policies and and legislation that is being pushed from the NDP government, does that align with what we, you know, what, what we see? So that, that's the role that we move. And you mentioned the legislature sitting. Uh, the Premier did mention that the legislature would be returning in the next few weeks. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what that's going to look like, uh, if it's going to be a hybrid. Uh, you know, we, we see the Parliament uh, somewhat meeting, but they're, you know, it, it's a percentage of what the percentage ratios are in the in the uh, legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, ours is a lot different where, you know, we're almost tied. Uh, you know, it's a very thin margin minority government. So we're not sure what that's going to look like. Uh, I mean, you know, I can't even get to Victoria. It'll take me three days to get to Victoria. Uh, you know, there's there's a flight only to Calgary once a day. Um, you know, so it, uh, we have a lot of rural MLAs, Ellis Ross, I know on the, on the West coast would be the same boat to try and get to Victoria. Uh, a lot of questions and, uh, but you know what we're, you know, if we need to be down there right now, we're doing pretty good. Technology is an amazing thing. Uh, but, uh, if, if the house does open, we will do our level best to make sure that we get down there and, and, uh, represent the constituents. A lot of questions indeed, Dan. Uh, We're going to have to leave it there for today, but uh, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I I encourage people, 1-888-COVID-19, if you have questions on the BC plan, uh, seniors or or folks that need assistance or help, uh, 211 make sure you do reach out uh you know we are this is the last day of uh, mental health week um you know phone your neighbors connect uh you know reach out uh, ask people how they're doing it would mean a lot uh and uh, like you say there there's there's lots of help out there if you do need a professional to talk to uh you know just take care of ourselves and uh you know i think uh, we're getting through this we're doing quite well and we'll continue to do so all right thank you very much dan Thanks, Scott. Have a fantastic day. You too. All right, we'll be right back with more right here on Moose Talks. At Panago, we know you have questions about pizza. And right now, can I get it delivered safely is the big one. Well, we've got the answer with zero contact delivery. Just prepay through our app or at panago.com. Then get a text or call when your pizza arrives. Our driver will stand back while you pick it up. It's that easy. So you can ponder tougher questions like... Should pizza be its own food group? And can I eat it for breakfast? Order today at panago.com. Hometown Environmental thanks you for supporting local businesses through these tough economical times. Looking for someone to take care of spring cleaning in your yard? Hometown Environmental has you covered. We also offer commercial and residential cleanup as well as waste management services for residential, commercial, and the oil and gas industry. Whether it's garbage, steel bins, or portable outhouse rentals, we have you covered. Same day delivery and pickup, seven days a week. Call today, 250-785-7999. Hometown Environmental, for all your waste management needs because it's your town too your family they're your whole world you do whatever it takes to keep them safe warm happy and healthy at martian sons they feel the same after all they've built their entire business on family for 50 years they're famous for installing furnaces air conditioners and all gas appliances martian sons can fix anything like hot water tanks unclogging pipes and repairing furnaces in the peace region for families just like yours if it's a plumbing heating gas fitting or mechanical issue let the marsh family help your family martian sons furnace repairs and more in fort st john See martiansons.ca. Watch this show live on Facebook. 
or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. We're joined now by Chris Gardner, the president of the ICBA. We're going to talk a bit about the construction industry in BC, which uh, MLA Dan Davies alluded to a few times. Chris joins us from Burnaby. How's it going today, Chris? Good morning. Thank you for having me on. It's, um, you know, given that we're in the middle of a health and economic crisis, um, uh, things are as, as uh, they're okay, but there's a lot of challenges in our economy, in our communities, and, and with our people. So uh, it's, it's very difficult right now. Absolutely. Uh, well, why don't we dive right in? Uh, let's start with how things have looked. Uh, pandemic, sort of the economy started slowing down mid-March. Uh, it was slow-ish before then, but that's when things really got kind of closed. How has it affected the construction industry so far? So a couple of things. Um, first, if you if you sort of go back pre-COVID, in the pre-COVID world, 250,000 men and women work in construction in British Columbia. Wow. Uh, what they do every day is about 10% of our economy. So it's a big part of of uh, what keeps the engine of, uh, of our communities and every community across the province going. Um, so we about mid-March, when the shutdown started, um, a couple of things happened in construction. Uh, first of all, it was declared uh, and designated an essential service. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. And what that meant is that is that construction companies and workers, for the most part, uh, have been working. But... In under under a couple of different scenarios that are fairly challenging. The first is that there were a lot of um, a lot of individuals who uh, had family situations or had concerns about their health and safety um, that prevented them from from you know feeling they were feeling very anxious and nervous about going to work. Mm-hmm. So we saw crew levels decline because of that. The second thing is there were enhanced safety. Uh, protocols on all construction sites and so that meant that work crews were working differently um they were working in smaller groups they were just they were you know physically distant from from in for most procedures um and so as a result productivity declined as well Uh, so the first few weeks there was um there was a little bit of okay how do we adapt uh, what is safe? What isn't? Dr. Bonnie Henry set out uh, new safety protocols. Mm-hmm. Uh, the construction industry embraced that. I would say crew levels now across the province, compared to pre-COVID levels, let's just say it, it was 100, it was 98% pre-COVID. I would say now it's about 85%. Mm-hmm. It probably dipped to maybe the high 70s, but now it's back up. For the most part, most sites are open. There have been some projects that have where sites have shut down, uh, but but for the most part they're open. Supply chains, there's been some hiccups, but they are holding, um, and and workers are working, and that's incredibly important. If you look at some other sectors of our economy that have been completely shut down, mm-hmm. and you know you've had about five hundred thousand British Columbians who lost their jobs in April. That is an unbelievably tragic story. And so if you, if you look at how our lives have changed in just a few short weeks, everything's been taken away. Everything that was normal in our lives has been taken away. And we're now, for a lot of families, uh, at a time of year where they would be celebrating uh, high school graduations. Mm-hmm. And I remember by buying my graduation suit, going to the dinner, the ceremony, that's been taken away from thousands and thousands of, of, of students across in British Columbia, but across Canada and, and, and other jurisdictions. And, and then you think of the, the people who, who contract the virus and, and have to be, and are put in the ICU and someone, and um, 
about 125 British Columbians have passed away, and they're dying alone. There's no family with them. So the, the, the tragic consequences on the health side are enormous. We've never dealt with anything like this. Uh, on how it's infected the daily lives of everyone in our communities, we've never seen anything like it. And the economic impacts are devastating. And, um, you know, Dan Davies made an important point about how we sort of start to come back out of this. And you're hearing now, um, you know, there's a quote that Winston Churchill uh, is, is said in the middle of the dark days of World War II. And he, he said, you know, this is not the end. It is not even the beginning of the end, but perhaps it's the end of the beginning. And that's kind of where I think we are right now, the end of the beginning, where, where there is light at the end of this long, dark tunnel. Uh, but until we have a vaccine... Um, there won't be Canuck schemes. There's not going to be community festivals. Um, the CFL is talking about canceling their season. Um, so our life is going to be disrupted. And the dislocation that has been thrust upon communities and people is significant. Uh, so our concern is we need to think creatively about how we work with COVID-19 to ensure that the health implications of what we're dealing with aren't uh, further or made worse by the mental health issues that MLA Davies uh, referenced and by unemployment, uh, job losses uh, that contribute to that and that, that really sort of tear our communities apart. So we're worried, we're concerned, we're fortunate that construction's working and, um, and just on working safely, one of the things about construction that's interesting is that WorkSafe BC last week reported that they've inspected over 2,000 construction sites in British Columbia, over 2,000 construction sites. They only shut down a handful temporarily, and they've all since reopened. And there has been no documented case of a construction worker contracting COVID-19 on a construction site. So that says to me that we can find ways to work safely and we can do this. Uh, and we have a playbook. I was saying, you know, six weeks ago, there's no playbook for what, what we're going through. Well, the playbook now has been, has been set out by Dr. Bonnie Henry. And if we follow those rules and are practical, prudent, and how we approach safety, our health and safety, uh, we can get our economy back up and running again. And we need to. It is imperative now that we do that. Hey, lots to chew on there, Chris. Um, can you, and I apologize if I'm putting you on the spot with this, can you speak a bit about kind of construction in northern BC, uh, maybe even the Peace region? Uh, I only ask because it's very different here in a lot of ways than it is in the lower yeah. mainland where people are a lot closer together. Uh, up here, we're yeah. kind of more spread apart. Uh is, has there been a difference kind of between different regions in BC with how the construction industry has uh, been impacted by COVID-19? Yeah, it's a good point because I don't think that if you watch, the, you know, if you at the end of the day, if you turn on cable TV mm -hmm. and you're watching CNN, for example, which is really focused on New York and L.A., uh, and particularly the, 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 the broadcast from New York, you would think that it's never going to end. Mm -hmm. um, and so not every jurisdiction is experiencing the same impact of the virus. And so if you look in British Columbia, to your point, what's happening in the north is different than what's happening on Vancouver Island and what's happening in the lower mainland. So the north has seen far fewer cases. Mm -hmm. um, and and there is a, a, a very strong level of construction activity that, that is ongoing in, in northern British Columbia. And Site C is a great example. They have reduced their crews by about 50%. Mm -hmm. But the critical path workers are still working close to 900. 
And as of today, there are no, no one is in self-isolation. So Site C is another example about how you can work safely in construction and in other sectors of our economy and do it in a way that's going to be safe and, 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 and people are going to, are going to be healthy and continue to support their families and, and drive our economy forward. Uh, and I know that was a little bit of an issue and a discussion point locally. There were concerns about, you know, local hospital uh, facilities being overrun if uh, if the virus spread fast throughout the work camp at, at Site C. And um, I, I think it, it's fair to say that everyone everyone's lives has changed dramatically mm-hmm. and, and employers, supervisors, workers are all singularly focused on ensuring uh, that, they're, that they're working safely. And so I think fortunately, um, we have seen so many great examples in construction uh, where uh, the virus has not, has not, there hasn't been a hot spot uh, that's associated with the construction site uh, and people are working safely. And as I said, there's works APC has not documented a single case of a construction worker uh, catching catching the uh, the virus on a site. There have been lots of instances where people may have colds and other symptoms and they self-isolate, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing that's uh, been uh, COVID-19. So it, the experience in the north is different. Vancouver Island, 900,000 people live in Vancouver Island. Um, and, and MLA Davies made a very interesting point about provincial parks not being open. That is, uh, you know, causing some frustration when you have very low levels of... Uh, of, of activity of the virus and people particularly as the weather has been unbelievably good for uh, for british columbia we haven't been in this period of 40 days of rain uh, and people want to get outside and, and going to a provincial park is a way we can be with your family and, uh, and and get some exercise and the fact that you know the government has shut that down i think was probably uh uh may have been uh, an aggressive policy uh, reaction and not warranted by the situation. But I would also say this. Um, there, there are going to be mistakes made mm-hmm. uh, uh, by any gov- by all levels of government as they try and deal with this enormous amount of pressure that they're under, and as well as health officials. Um, I think, though, now for the f- we have to start looking forward. Um, and um, I think the numbers in British Columbia are exceptional compared to any jurisdiction in the world. Uh, we're doing very, very well. So I think it's time to sort of start moving ahead and, and looking at ways that, that construction has demonstrated you can work safely. Uh, and I think other industries can do the same. And, and, uh, and I, th- I know the work is being done to come up with new protocols. So hopefully we'll see uh, that success in other sectors of our economy over the coming weeks. All right, Chris, we got just about a minute left. So I'll have to make this a quick question yeah. for you. Going forward, yeah. uh what do you want to see from the uh, provincial government in terms of, of supports from uh, from them uh, to support the construction industry? You and your members are, again, have been impacted by this. What are you hoping to see concrete solutions from the provincial government going forward? There's a couple of things, and I'll, I'll list them all off. Uh, Emily Davies mentioned the Taylor Bridge. Mm-hmm. Great example of an infrastructure project that should be put to the top of the list. It's a northern priority. Uh, that should come out of the gates. Uh, we don't need more bureaucracy and reviews. Sh- like One of the challenges with Shovel Ready, it takes government too long to act. They've got to be bold. They've got to be faster. Um, the regulation, they should be relaxing regulations uh, they should be uh, providing more tax forgiveness. We've got to, the economy has come to a grinding halt. We've got to restart it. So things like the Taylor Bridge are really important. Uh, site C, there was an issue f- uh, a few weeks ago where contractors working on, on Site C were, were facing delays in uh, in payment. Well, this is exactly the time where, where 
when you deal with a crown corporation at the best of times, you're probably looking at a 60, 90 day uh, to get paid. They should now be accelerating that. They should, if the work's been done and the service has been provided, contractors should be paid within two weeks. Uh, and there's no reason why, why Site C shouldn't be given that directive to pay the subcontractors earlier. Um, so infrastructure spending is going to be critical. Um, ensuring that programs are not drowning in complexity uh, that are confusing people. Uh, business people want to focus on their business, not focus on going home and trying to figure out and read through hundreds of pages of government documentation. Um, so they need to be bold, they need to act quickly, and they need to be, do it in a way that's simple and effective, not uh, heavy on regulation and, uh, and, and process. All right, Chris. Well, uh, we'll have to leave it there for today, but thank you so much for talking with us. Great. Thank you very much. It was great to be on the show. You're very welcome. All right. We'll be right back to uh, wrap things up right here on Moose Talks. Doing yard work this spring? Need topsoil? Gravel for the driveway? Call Dig Dynamics for all your small load projects. 250-794-7900. Need debris hauled away? Call Dig Dynamics. 250-794-7900. Who's a good doggy? Do you have a pet that can do a cool trick or just be adorable? Submit a picture of your pet for your chance to win a $100 gift card to North Peace Veterinary Clinic with Pet of the Month at moosefm.ca under contests. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit pris.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Looking for more power out of your pedal? Here at SS Automotive, we have a large inventory of diesel enhancement products, including throttle sensitivity, boosters, tuners, custom programs, and even major components like engines and transmission. We have everything your diesel might need. Call SS Automotive today. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks to our guests today, Dan Davies, MLA for Peace River North, and Chris Gardner, the president of the ICBA, for joining us. If you missed this episode or you'd like to watch it or again, you can uh, check it out uh, shortly on the Moose FM and EnergeticCity.ca Facebook pages. As well, if you have an idea for a topic for us to cover or a guest for a future show, We'd love to hear from you. You can email news at moosefm.ca with your info. Moose Talks is produced by Adam Rayburn. I'm Dub Craig. Until next Friday, be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. This is Moose Country. You're all alone at a party. You want to dance with somebody, but you ain't got a clue how to ask. You and your girl had a fight, and now she's saying goodbye. She ran upstairs and packed her bags. It could be raining on your perfect vacation. You could be stressed about your work situation. Ain't got to listen to me, but all I'm saying ain't nothing that a bitch can't
equipment. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.